Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Welcome to This Week Health Conference. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to leveraging the power of community to propel healthcare forward. Today, we have an interview in action from the fall conferences on the West Coast. Here we go. All right, here we are from the Health Conference, Health 2023. We're out here in Vegas, and today we are joined by Joe and Young with One Up Health, CEO of One Up Health. Yes. Looking forward to this conversation. We're going to cover a lot of different things. But for those people listening who aren't familiar with One Up Health, give us an idea of the data platform and what you guys do. Yeah. So over that past sort of three and a half years, what we've done is build a multi-use sort of general purpose data platform for the industry to be able to consume anything from claims and clinical data, use the fire data standard to platform that data in the cloud and then make that data accessible to any use case, downstream process, analytics, containerize that data, basically enable patient access, multiplier access, and compete. Wow. So if I'm building, if I'm with the health system and I want to bring all this data together, claims, political data, and whatnot, and I want to build an app, or I want to include it in one of my apps, I'm going to be able to essentially have the ability to tap into that through APIs and whatnot that's and, right. and deliver that back out to the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we really started off building the first API for uh, patient access actually five years ago. And it's evolved into a set of APIs that can enable any of the authorized, of course, right? It's got to be authorized patient access or under CPO. As long as you have the authority to get access to that data, you leverage our API, you put that behind the scenes. And then it pulls the data in the format that your application can compute on. So, I mean, a lot of these apps are just going to use OAuth or Sample or something. And they're going to authenticate against, I don't know, chart or, or some other. That's right. But once they do that, now we can start to aggregate a lot of information. A lot of people rely on just the PyChart functionality. Yeah. And this allows them to expand it to a lot of different data sets. Yeah, I think it's... So it starts with a simple use case like that, where someone is trying to build their own record, so to speak. But really, the benefits in healthcare are against risk, quality, care, right? Those things are where real money flows. I mean, think about real-time quality measures that NCQA moves to the fire. Think about an ACL relationship, a risk-based relationship using 90-day-old data. We can help you get that to real-time so you can really understand the relationship. And then one day, enable care manager with real-time data, combining sort of even gaps in care being closed because now I'd see on the claim whether that prescription was actually filled, even though the doctor wrote the script, that may not have happened. And that data does not come together today. You know, that 90-day-old data to some might sound like a crazy use case. Yeah. I hear it often. Yeah. Like, you know, you have these care managers or population health management companies or making decisions on data that is 90 days is tied actually. Yeah. In some cases. Flat file, not compatible format. We said to sort of give up, right? We don't even try. And every industry, everything we do in our lives is next to real time data. And so what we're doing is decided that let's move away from proprietary data models. Let's not have this be just one, like, let's leverage the cloud. 
let's leverage things like JSON, which is just a data format in the cloud, right? Let's leverage the open internet with security to make this work. Interoperability has not succeeded because we tried to do conversions, actually, rather than platforming fire, which the industry finally adopted, which actually makes it possible for us to communicate. It's almost like a dollar as a standard currency. Fire is a standard currency the data exchange and changes how we can list it. But it's not the only way that you exchange it. No. Probably it's none of it. The, the thing about fire that excites me the most is bulk fire. Because I think that yeah. there, when you have a trusted partnership in, a, in an ACO model or some other kind of model, we're going to be able to, to transmit that clinical data, the claims data back and forth, and create an accurate picture of what's going on in that population or in that individual even. Hopefully, drive better outcomes. I, I would, I would think. Are we seeing more adoption yet, or is it still pretty, pretty slow? It's early, but what we're starting to show, right, is that in a specific relationship, because I have a health plan and an ACO partner, they're starting to share data and starting to look at how different it is. So we're doing the before and after comparison. It's like tech-enabled re-engineering. It brings technology. So the design of the ACO concept is great, because the data doesn't move effectively, then you don't get to a good outcome. And someone is carrying a burden. So I think we have some behavioral changes to work through. We have some industry trust that has to be built. But overall, what's good is that we will have a utility that any business can use to operate better. And that's what we've needed forever, right? And this doesn't obviate the need for all the tech that's on this floor. They all should use our platform to work data in between all the different stakeholders. I want to talk to you a little bit about AI because it's either in their name or it's just hovering yeah. over the whole, right. that whole floor right now. AI requires accurate data. That's right. Like it's great that we have these, these transformers that can now make these great summaries, but it makes summaries of good quality data. Yeah. I would assume at this point that. That's one of the what's, that's one of the bigger use cases is how are we going to get this data into these models in an effective way so that we can train these models and then start to create the use cases to solve some of the problems that are in front of us. Yeah, so it's a great question. So we actually did a lot of research on AI and actually one of our teammates left and started an AI company to build transformer models for care planning. But I think we got to sort of step back a little and think that first we got to build quality data. We have to trust that data is a quality. And we know that today, every time we push data into the system, we probably have not really measured its quality. So first part is we're going to build a platform that brings data to a level of quality you could measure and the accuracy and the currency of that data. Once we have that, then we can use that as an input into an LLM. We want to actually start by using some machine learning on the front end to help interpolate that data and make more sense of it. And then we could use that data collectively once it's been cleaned and it's high quality and it's aggregated at a NAS scale to then feed into the LLMs that others can leverage. So we don't really have an intention to be an AI platform, but you need good quality, robust, comprehensive data to do that. And we're starting on that journey now. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. In 2023, to celebrate five years of This Week Health, we have partnered with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. 
with a goal of raising $50,000 from our community. We've already achieved that goal and we've exceeded that goal by $5,000. So we're up over $55,000 for the year. We wanna blow through that number. We ask you to join us. Hit our website in the top right-hand column, you're gonna see a logo for the lemonade stand. Go ahead and click on that to give today. We believe in the generosity of our community and we thank you in advance. Now, back to our show. Because I think one of the things as CIOs, we somehow lose sight of, I'm not sure how we lose sight of this, but we think like all the data is in the EHR. It's yeah. and only wow. a small percentage of the data. And actually, if you're looking at uh, really health outcomes in general, a very fractional percent of what actually leads to health is in the EHR. And so we're going to have to aggregate a lot of different data sets over time to get that, that whole person profile in order to deliver better care. Yeah, this idea of the LPR, a longitudinal patient, patient record, record, right? Yeah. That, but that requires, like, so imagine most of us, we've changed health plans probably three or four times in the past five or 10 years, right? So you might have a Humana and United and a Cigna who have our history. Peer to payer, which CMS is sponsoring, will allow us to get historical payer data together. Then I can go get that data from the different medical records that you're part of, you know, either at the health plan level or personally, you can start to assemble that data so you actually really do have a historical view. And as you change status in your life, you want to have that history because without that, we're either retesting, we're making incomplete decisions, we're, we're costing out in a different way than we want to. So it isn't about replacing the medical record, but it's a patient history that's really important to many of the decisions we need to make so much and, and it's not like we're serial changers of, of health plans but we change jobs yeah it's like we didn't have a choice no we just changed and eventually we're all gonna have to change because we're gonna go to medicare and we didn't start on medicare oh my gosh and that's a huge issue right so when someone they call it ages into medicare from a commercial plan means that data moves forward right and so you're almost a brand new patient to whoever, if you're in an MA plan or even just the Medicare generally. And so there's this big potential for a gap that gets created because you don't have the history. Yeah, so in time in your life where- It matters more right. than ever. Yeah, no, I think that we know that the predominance of our cost of healthcare goes up as we age. So we can do that transition better by making the data move easier, boy, we'll get better outcomes. So in the last couple of minutes here, uh, I just started my health journey. I know, five years old, sir. Let's say I restarted my health journey. Yeah, there you go. I let myself go, <laughs> and uh, I got a personal trainer. I, I, I'm monitoring some different things, blood glucose, other things, mm. to try to be healthier. And I'm, I've been able to lose 26 pounds. Congrats. So, which is nice great. But you are at the peak here. So, you yeah, give me the marathon. So, you ran how many marathons in? How I did six marathons in six days on six continents. Marathon is 26. 26.2 miles. So, yeah, and I flew 37,000 miles that week and I ran 157 miles. I actually only slept 14 hours. I was on these overnight flights every day. But what was interesting about it was everyone thought that was a big deal, but I had sort of worked up 15 years of my life to be ready for that. And I think what I've found personally, which you'll find on your journey, is that your system, who you are, is actually capable of way more than we ask of it every day. And I keep on upping the game every year, and I find that I'm capable. So my big challenge this year goal is to do 100,000 push-ups 
and to run 3,000 miles in, in the year. In the year. So I'm doing 300 push-ups a day, every day, keeping myself accountable to sort of a goal, but it's also the diet, it's the mindset, it's not carrying stress, it's having great relationships. It's actually just reframing how we think about the intersection of biology and lifestyle. And if you want to live a long, happy, vital life, you have to actually make good lifestyle choices because our biology doesn't work in our favor and we can't change that, but we can work with it. And I've found that I've got incredible power in myself. I just went to school when I was a kid, I went to school in the Bronx. I didn't come up from anything really that fancy, but I felt that through the choices I've made, I've changed the potential of what I could do. So today, you know, I can go out and do an adventure race. I could do an ultra marathon. I can ride a hundred miles on my bike. I can do whatever you ask me to do because I've built the power along the way. We can start with just one mile and one push-up. That's all you have to do. Yeah, it's uh, I, You don't have any sensors or anything on you. Or do you not yeah, monitor? Yeah, no, I do monitor. My watch does do some things for me. I think what the sensors are not as accurate as we would like them to be. So I do track what I do every day. I've written down my activity for the past 21 years, so I can tell you what I've done every day for that. I haven't actually, I've exercised every day for the past 11 years, at least an hour a day. I haven't taken a day off. I keep this as part of sort of like eat well, sleep well. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Exercise. I write every day. I actually try to take ownership over myself. I'm not a victim. It really makes a difference. And I would love to measure more, by the way whether it's inside tracker on a blood test or a better device that could monitor. If I have data feeding back to me, I'll know why my performance is what it is. It's really a good thing for us. Joe, I appreciate the conversation. Bill, thank you very much. Thank you. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conference. I love hearing from people on the front lines. It is phenomenal that you shared your wisdom and experience with the community, and we greatly appreciate it. We also want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are CDW, Rubric, Sectra, and Trellix. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.